in the footsteps of Jesus from down under. This is Nick Kulita, your host. Welcome to the program. I'm very happy to be with you again today. And thank you for uh, my guest and for the acceptance to come and share with us uh, an amazing story, I'm pretty sure. Uh, my guest is Helen Gray, and I will say welcome to you, Helen. Thank you, Nick. Glad to be here. I'm very happy to to have you with uh, us because for quite a while I was trying to get you on board with us, but uh, I know you are very busy and uh, just didn't happen until today. But today is the time when we'll be very happy to hear a bit from your story. Now, I know you quite a bit. Uh, we have the opportunity and the privilege to study together for ministry just a few years ago. And uh, I heard lots of stories uh, from you, Helen, and today I'm very interested to hear how God impacted you and your life. If we can just start probably from the beginning, as long as I'm in Australia, I know you as a dedicated and devoted Christian, but I'm not sure how all this happened, and uh, I would like to hear from you. Please just share a bit of your background first and uh, take us to, to your experience, to your walk with Jesus. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, um, yes, I did meet you after I had become a dedicated Christian. But uh, I grew up knowing about Jesus. I grew up in a, a church that I went to Sunday school and I learned about Jesus and he became my best friend. However, I didn't really meet God. And it was really interesting because I grew up thinking that God, somebody had said God is like your father. And I thought, oh dear. He's ready to, you know, clobber me at any moment. And so I loved Jesus, but I didn't know God. I believed the Bible, especially the children's stories, but I didn't really know the Bible. I had never been encouraged to study the Bible. When I was a teenager, I uh, did go with my parents to a particular mission, and it was there that the Bible was opened, really, and opened our eyes for the first time. It was incredible. Uh, especially the prophecies. And it was the prophecies that convinced me that the Bible is true. It was the prophecies that convinced me there had to be a God who knew the future. And uh, then through the studying of the Bible, I came to know God and realized that he loves and cares for me in the most amazing way, amazing way. So that was really the start um, of my life. I have so many stories, Nick. <laughs> As you well know, uh, my life is full and has been full ever since I dedicated it to the Lord. And he's led me down some amazing paths. And I had trouble today, as I mentioned earlier, deciding what I was going to talk about with you and your listeners. And I thought, okay, well, I need to go back to the beginning. And uh, I'm in the process of writing a book about my experiences. And so I thought I would share the first chapter of this book with you and your listeners. I've called it He Touched Me. So do you want me to go on? Absolutely. Right okay. We are all ready. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Okay, let me just start by saying, and I think you've picked it up already, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, and that's good news. In fact, it's the most important thing that ever happened to me in my life. And I, um, I have no credentials per se. I know you said we studied for the ministry, and we did. But I don't look at earthly cred credentials, Nick. I look at the fact that I have a BA which says I'm born again. Mm -hmm. And I'm a sinner saved by grace. So I'm glad to share today. Okay, when I went under the borders of baptism, I thought to myself, wow, 
Now I'm right with God. Now everything is fine. Now I, I won't sin anymore. And that was my thinking. I thought surely he would keep me from temptation. And I thought, well, I'm his and now I'm strong. But wrong. That was so wrong. I had been born again, yes. However, the birth is only the beginning. Satan knows our weakest points and he can use them to destroy us, even use people to come into our life that can take us away. And sadly, that is exactly what happened to me. The peace that flooded my soul that day was replaced a mere four four years later with guilt and shame. I lost sight of my best friend, my saviour. I relied on my own strength, not his, and I was sadly led down a path of Satan's doing, and he was surely laughing. So that was really sad. Despair that I had never, ever felt in my entire life filled my soul. I had known the joy of walking with Jesus, and then suddenly it was like the carpet was pulled out from under my feet, and I felt lost, and I felt absolutely hopeless. I couldn't forgive myself for walking the wrong path, let alone expect Jesus to forgive me as well. And they were my thoughts, Nick. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, I've and i talked to many people, and a lot of people feel the same or have felt the same. And I look back on my life and I realise that for two years I couldn't even look people in the eye. I was so ashamed of myself. And I felt that they could actually read my sin in their eyes. And for those two years I felt really unworthy, mm. totally inadequate. And for two years I realised I actually challenged God. And for two years I also called him a liar. I didn't yell out to him and say, you're mm. a liar. Mm. But by my actions and by my thoughts... For example, I would read in the Bible that God loved the world. He gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But in my mind, I had two words that would go on the end of these verses. It would be, except Helen. Mm. And every time I read a verse in the Bible, a promise, and and one of hope, it was like Satan would always put, comma, except Helen. Mm. So really, I, it should have been a full stop. So I came to realize after two years that I was actually not believing God and believing his promises. So it came a time where I was actually at the end of my tether and I felt that there was nowhere to go until one night. I was impressed by a speaker and it was a week of prayer. He came along to where I was and uh, it was at a college and he asked all the students to go to their rooms and pray kneeled by their bed, pray and open the Bible, ask God to show them a passage in the Bible and ask him to apply it to our life. And I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose. So I did that. So there I was in the quietness of my room. I felt impressed to pray and plead with God. And I read a very simple story, which now I look back, I think I must have been a little bit thicky. You know, it was a bit hard for him to get through to me. But I read the story about the sick man who um, Jesus asked, do you want to walk? And Jesus told him to pick up his bed and walk. Well, I started praying for that experience. And I'm not sure, Nick, what I expected, but nothing happened. Absolutely nothing. There were no bells, no whistles, no nothing. It was empty. So I thought, okay, the next morning I went off to the meeting again and the speaker said, if you didn't get an answer last night, use the same text. So I went home that morning and I did the same thing. That was the second time. Still nothing happened. That night was the third time, and I remember that when nothing happened the third time, I thought, okay, well, I did what he said. I thought that's what you wanted, Lord. Now I feel there is no hope for me. And so I started planning my demise. Mm. And that was how low down I had got. 
But no sooner had I snuggled into bed, Nick, it was really incredible because I wasn't asleep. I was just trying to think how I was going to leave this sad, sorry world in my state. And then I suddenly saw, it was in my mind's eye, but it was like on the wall, in fire with the words, my daughter, do you want to be made whole? And it just, it was like I could see it across the wall, Nick. And it was incredible. And, you know, in the stillness of that night, I remember hearing the words, just trust me, take my hand, rise up and walk in faith with me and i got to tell you nick that for me was a wow moment i call wow moments walk on water moments mm -hmm. and that's what it was for me i spent all night talking to the lord in prayer it was the most incredible experience and look i would encourage anybody everybody to go through that experience it was just amazing i felt i felt like he dipped me in a vat of love and, and I was overflowing with it for him. And it was interesting that the next morning as I walked across the campus, the principal saw me and he said, how are you? And I said, well, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I said, I didn't sleep. Thanks for you getting that speaker. And he said, what happened? And I said, have you noticed something different? He said, well, I said, I'm looking you straight in the eye. Mm. Because for the first time, Nick, I felt such an assurance that I was a child of God, that I was forgiven, I was loved, and I was whole. And it was just the most incredible experience for me. And, and I'd just like to share and say he loves every one of us in spite of our failures. Mm. 1 John 1 9 has become one of my favorite texts, Nick. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's an amazing promise. His promise is sure. When we confess our sins, he no longer sees us, but he sees us through his son, Jesus. And God took me on that journey, that journey that would forever change my life. I wrote a little poem to finish that off, Nick, if I may just mm. share it. It's called Daily Commitment. It says, when you give your life to Jesus, do so every day, for Satan's ever ready to steal your heart away. Ask the Lord to help you. Invite him in your heart, for he is ever willing to give a brand new start. Jesus knows the way is rough, temptations are so strong. Remember that he loves you, and to him you now belong. Should you start to falter or stumble on your way, call to him, he'll hear your cry, he'll take your sin away. The Lord has promised us life, but he's promised it more abundantly, Nick. And I, I think you know me well enough that I live a very full life. Mm. I have incredible stories to share, answers to prayer, God's leading and direction. I thank you for the opportunity of sharing my beginning with you. Yeah. I hope it's not the last. No, of course <laughs> not. And Helen, uh, we are not uh, finishing off here. Yes, I know um, lots of stories and uh, I watch you as you do everyday uh, life. As I said, I spend with you some time together in Melbourne when we were studying mm. and uh, I really appreciate your um, commitments. But what impressed me a lot is uh, where did you find that? energy you know to still going and i know that you, you you're going you're going also through some time you know through some hardship you know even health yes wise you know got a tremendous miracle healing story on and, that one and mm -hmm. i'm going to ask you maybe a bit yes. later on but right now probably it's a it's a good time just to have a short break okay. and you chose a song um for this break which really tells your story, you it know, resonates with, resonates with you. Yeah. Uh, he touched me. Yeah, and let's uh, listen to that song and we'll come back. This is in the footsteps of Jesus from down under. Please don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a minute. 
Since I've met this blessed Savior Since He's cleansed and made me whole I will never cease to praise Him To praise Him I'll shout it while eternity rolls Oh, He touched me Oh, He touched me He touched me And now the joy that floods my soul Wonderful song, He Touched Me. My guest today is Helen Gray, and she is sharing with us uh, how uh, she really met God, even though she had, um, she thought she had a Christian life and uh, everything was going well. It was only when she really asked God to stand up for her and show her mm-hmm. the direction. Helen is with us today and she's sharing also uh, a bit um, from her um, book who she's preparing to uh, to write and from the first chapter uh, as she just mentioned a bit early he touched me but Helen I would like now uh, in the second part of our program to just go a bit further and uh, talk a little bit more about how you grow how you grew, you know, in this relationship with Jesus and what Jesus did in your life. You mentioned a bit early, you have struggles, of course, like any Christian, you know, because Jesus himself said, if you follow me, you'll experience the same things, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, People will maybe hate you, people will uh, despise you and do all sorts of things, but uh, he assured us that he will be with us always. Amen. Please just take us a little bit further and share with us some of God's miracles in your life. Oh, Nick, <laughs> have you got several days I can talk? <laughs> <laughs> we may make time in the next programs. <laughs> let, me, let me start off by saying that one thing I have learned in, in keeping that relationship with the Lord, He wants to have that relationship with us. And we need to do our part. We cannot earn salvation. It is a gift. And it's not a works religion, but it's a love religion. It's a relationship. And as such, I believe with any relationship, Nick, you need to spend time together with the person you're having a relationship with. And for me, I actually think God loves all time, but I think he likes between two and four in the morning because that's the time we converse. We converse throughout the day, but mainly between two and four. I think it's because... I have no distractions Mm -hmm. at that time. And there was a time I was a chronic fatigue sufferer as well as fibromyalgia. 
there was a time when I didn't sleep much and I actually resented it because I used to think, I'm so tired, I've got to sleep. And somebody said, you know, the old adage, if you can't sleep, count sheep. Mm. I thought, well, that didn't work. And they said, no, 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 if that doesn't work, try talking to the shepherd. And so that's what I started to do between two and four every morning. He and I had a talk. And I'd say to him, if you wake me up at two every morning, faithful in waking me at two, I will endeavor to be faithful and and open your word and talk with you. Mm. That was a change also. That was like going to another level in my experience with him, Nick. In, in, I remember Herb Larson, a, a speaker, he said once, open your Bible, pray about it and open the Bible. And even if you don't understand what's being said in that, that word, keep on reading, keep on praying. And I've got to tell you, Nick, it's amazing. The word is living word. Mm-hmm. And I can read through it. And then all of a sudden, it's like a gem pops out. And you see another little jewel that you can hang on to. And that's just beautiful. So he's taught me many, many lessons in the wee small hours of the morning. And yes, there's been a lot of sickness. There's been, a, there's been abuse. There's been a lot of hurt, a lot of heartache. But he's brought me through every one of them. Mm. And I thank him for the suffering that he's allowed me to go through in that it's brought me closer to him. I'm a stronger person because of what I've been through. No, I would not if he'd shown me a blueprint and said, this is where it's going to be. I'd say, whoa, back, whoa, 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 don't like this idea. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't do that. He gently brings you through the paths. And uh, I'm so glad for that. I love his word. Um, I love conversing with him and I love sharing him with people. So my work is when people ask me to speak for him or mm. to study with them. It doesn't matter race, creed, religion. It doesn't matter. I will share Jesus with whoever. Now, I know, um, and probably, yeah, you, you you may like to even share something specific about uh, a miracle in your life. But before uh, we do that, or maybe we'll come back on another program to even um, develop a little bit more on that aspect. Um, I know that you are involved in many ministries, to call, to call, um, <laughs> to call that. Um, for example, uh, you are very uh, aware of the need of healthy lifestyle. Yes, absolutely. And you're involved with uh, some programs like, uh, you know, CHIP program. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, can you just uh, take us a little bit on that uh, part? Yes, love to, love to, mm. Nick. Um, I was very much involved um, with health education programs. I am a health education presenter and uh, I'm a training development officer and so I train people Mm. in that line. From that came what they called the CHIP program which is a complete health improvement program. Um, I was privileged to be a co-director with the Seventh-day Adventist Church Mm -hmm. conference in South Australia. Sadly, I, I say sadly because at the time it seemed sad to me that I had to pull out because I was very, very ill. I don't want to tell that story today because it is a longer one, mm-hmm. but I so would love to come back and share it, a, a miracle of healing. But I did have to take 12 months off. I call it my sabbatical. Mm. And so I was no longer in being up front, but I still pray for the ministry. And I still, when people come to me and they, they ask me something on the health side, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical practitioner. 
I'm a health education presenter and I will share. And uh, I, I do health lectures where mm-hmm. I'm asked and um, that's one way that I share that. I am. You, you said something before which intrigued me. You said you wondered where my energy came from because you have noticed I have got grey hair. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's, it's interesting because every morning I get up, I actually thank the Lord. This is a new day, new opportunities. I'm yours, whatever you've got in mind. And it's really funny. I get to the end of the day and, and quite often I hear people saying, you're always so busy. Let me just show you something quite funny. One of the counsellors that I know, she's a friend of mine, and she used to say to me, I'm going to call you loco. Not because I'm crazy, although some people probably think I am. I said, why are you calling me loco? She said, because I know your lifestyle. She said, you get up in the morning, you spend time with the Lord, you fill up your engine, so to speak, and you take off like a locomotive. And she said, we can't keep up with you. Mm. And I thought that was quite interesting. But he's the one that gives me the energy. There are times when I think, Lord, I'm just so tired. You know, I might have spent a long time with him through the night. Might have been things on my, my mind. And I'll say, can you just allow me to have a little bit of sleep? But you know, so I can get through the day. And you know what? Every single day he gets me through it. Mm. Every day. And I love everything I do. You know, I'm involved in a lot of community programs. Praise God. He's led me into them. Mm-hmm. And um, my my day, usually Sunday, like today, is, is a quieter day for me. Monday I start work at six with the Uniting Church mm-hmm. and um, do a little bit of voluntary work for them. And then I'm up at the library doing some voluntary work there. And God gives me the energy as we go through the day. There are people in the community that I drive here or there or whatever. And everybody, I think, is so busy in this day and age. But never get too busy for God. Never get too busy that you're so busy out there working that you forget who gives you the breath and who gives you the strength to do it. Mm. You just mentioned something which I was going to ask uh, along this line about this uh, days and age. You know, we live in a very special time, Mm. very... In the Bible, somewhere says that even, uh, you know, the disciples and many other uh, great people of God would like to live in these times, Mm. you know, because we are to witness the second coming of Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. Isn't that going to be just amazing? If just uh, God will keep us Mm. alive. Mm. God promised that in that generation, when we'll see all these things happening, Mm. Lift up your eyes, mm. um, because your redemption, redemption draws mm. near. Helen, what would you say? How would you encourage our listeners, particularly for this time we live in? What would you like to say to them and to leave a, a message uh, of hope to our listeners? There's lots of things that I could say, but there's one thing that I, I that comes to my mind. No matter what we go through, the psalms are beautiful that you can read them. And there's a particular psalm that says, Thou shalt not be afraid of the arrow by night or the pestilence through the day. Mm-hmm. And right throughout the Bible, God is always saying, Don't be afraid. Fear not. And why should we not be afraid? He says, Because I am with you. Regardless, and regardless of our past, if we turn it over to him now, he's going to wipe that past out. And, and he will forgive you for whatever you have done if you sincerely come and ask his forgiveness, which then gives us hope 
for the future. It is a daily commitment. Yes, it is a daily walk with him, but there is nothing to compare, absolutely nothing. It's a blessed hope. And, you know, I just spoke to a friend of mine on Friday, Nick. It was sad. They rang and said that he'd just been diagnosed with bowel and stomach cancer. Rang up and was talking health-wise with me and what have you. And, you know, I said the hardest prayer, one of the hardest prayer, well, two hard prayer, one is Father, forgive them. But the other hard prayer is to pray, whatever, Lord, whatever is your will in my life, mm -hmm. help me to accept it. If I am to, to be here and see you coming, praise God. Mm. But, Lord, if you're going to, to put me to rest, may I go asleep in your arms of love so that when the Bible says, blessed are they that die in the Lord, mm -hmm. I may be raised at the end. We have such a hope, such a wonderful future when we give our lives truly to him. That doesn't mean that we're going to have a bed of roses. No, as you mentioned in the start, Nick, um, there is trials, there is temptation, there is persecution, there is hurts, there is abuse, there is terrible evil in this world. But we can rise above that because God is protecting us. And Jesus in our heart, he will walk. He says in Psalm 23, Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be with you. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Mm. Yeah. You know, friends will let us down. I've let people down, and I'm sorry about that. And others have let me down. And likewise, Nick, I know in mm. your life. But God will never let us down if we sincerely walk in his path and his ways. Amen. Okay. Here ended the sermon for the day. <laughs> no, that's, look, it's wonderful, and I can uh, really sit here and hear more and more from your stories. But look, time is against us, and we have to come to a close now. Uh, but thank you very much, Helen, for uh, taking a bit of time, you know, and uh, to come here and share with us a bit of your story. Thank you for having I, me, Nick. I know your story is uh, much more than what we could share uh, here, but yes. Uh, and if... Um, our listeners, you know, will like to um, contact us and even be encouraged more. We'll be able to even establish some personal uh, connections. Mm. Uh, we have our phone number there. And uh, Helen, I wish you God's blessings. Thank you. I wish you um, to be healthy and strong uh, and full of energy as you are always. And may God use you. Uh, in a mighty way in these times and days we live in to reach out to those people who may need to be comforted to mm -hmm. need to be um, assisted in a way or the other and uh, I think you, you you know you're using your talents uh, uh, the best of your abilities and praise Thank you, Nick. praise the Lord mm -hmm. for that I do hope that you will have me come back mainly because I would love to share with you a miracle of healing and it's all to God's glory Absolutely. But I'll leave that for you to contact me. That's already, that's already booked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Uh, all right. Okay. Thank you very much, dear listeners, for uh, staying with us today. Until next time, please don't forget, keep walking in the footsteps of Jesus.